thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only it tells you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy, and more for even greater visibility. Visit raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences to your users. That's raygun.com to get started on your 14-day free trial with plans starting from as little as $4 per month. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 415, where today, Windows is coming. Recorded live, 25th of July, 2021. Did I say that? I missed 4th of July. I love that holiday. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I missed a holiday. Okay, let me do that again. Dude, I totally would have missed my family vacation too. That's not cool. Back then, <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro, you've been asleep. You, you took go. a little long oh, nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode four hundred and fifteen. Where today, Windows is coming. Recorded live, June twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. AC, good morning. Good morning, CJ. How are you today? Uh, I'm obviously getting ahead of myself. I just recorded our intro and said it was July, so I don't know what's going on. I'm all discombobulated. I mean, dude, I would have missed like a family vacation. I would have missed like Fourth of July and barbecue. I'm like, what? come on, dudes, we don't need to slow it down a little bit. You had a few too many beers <laughs> last night, and now it's <laughs> a month has passed. Yeah, uh, yeah. My girl, what was his name? Uh, was it Rumpelstiltskin that like falls asleep? No. Oh god, I just forgot the guy that falls asleep for like seven years. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a kid's book or something? Uh, yeah, like a fable, like a like an old story. Like oh, Alien? I have to go Google that. No, <laughs> I wouldn't put that in the fable side. You know when they put themselves asleep to to uh, go long distances on in aliens? So um, kind of like that maybe. You're looking it up. You're dis- I am. Did Rumpel? Who fell asleep? Oh no! It was how long did Rumpelstiltskin sleep for? That's young Rip. That was uh, Rip Van Winkle. Gotcha. That's it. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm a month ahead of myself, but I put it down to travel. I had my first business travel in like 18 months or whatever it's been. Mm, business time. It was terrifying and awful. <laughs> I mean, it was great to have, great to be there. Like I was, I was visiting some of the team and office in Ohio, so I flew from here to Detroit. The actual travel experience was not, I'm not happy with that. Like, of course, the flight went fine and all that, but it's just not something I miss. Yeah. Okay. So nothing special about like, I'm back on a plane for the first time in a year and a half. It's just the, yeah. oh yeah, it's just as crappy as it was before. Yep. And, um, mm. you know, it was funny when I was boarding, was it? I was talking to an airline representative at some point and they said, oh, thanks for being an Alaska 75K member, which is like their you know, frequent flyer tier. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm still that? <laughs> like, I haven't flown in 18 months. Yeah. How is that possible? But they've, you know, they rolled it all forward and all of that sort of stuff to, you know, so um, they gave you kind of a year of immunity, I suppose, from going backwards, which was nice, I suppose, but it also reminded me how much I used to travel. So it was kind of a, yeah. like, a, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I used to travel quite a lot to do that. So, but anyway, it worked out okay. I survived, but man, I just... It wasn't an enjoyable experience. You know, it's funny you say that because I like I had to 
I did some work helping set up like a Wi-Fi network, friend's business. And I showed up with my backpack. I had just recently gotten my, my Delta medallion cards. I'm like, oh, congratulations, your gold medallion. I'm like, interesting. I hadn't set foot on a plane in over a year. Yeah. So that, that's a cool, that's a cool trick. Yep. But same thing. They just commuting your existing status. But I show up at this place and someone's like going, oh, and I for, totally forgot that I had this in my backpack. And like, oh, you're, you're a Delta million miler. And I'm like, how did you know that? And I go, it's a tag that's on your bag. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I haven't really been using the backpack for a while. Mm. And they're like, wow, so million miles. How did you get that? And I'm like, um, I used to spend a lot of time on a plane, but kind of feel like it's almost been like playing a bit of the finite game because I got the million miles and then I've just kind of stopped, which right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't miss it. I did sit, and when I was sitting on the plane, I was, I was thinking to myself, I really want to only do this a couple of times a year yep. for work at least mm-hmm. and not just slip back into the habit that we used to have of traveling to a bunch of conferences and traveling a bunch for work and things because I really notice you know, how much time away from the family it, it takes me, you know? Yeah, it's that and it's the, it's the drag. For me, it's just the, it's the drag on. It wears me down. Like just the travel side of it. I would much rather be on a 10-hour road trip than I would be on a flight there. The trip is going to be eight hours total. So just to me, it just, I'd rather do that. I'd rather have the flexibility of having my own car, you know, my own timeline and everything. And just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't particularly care for, I just don't particularly care for it anymore. But yeah, I tell you what, the time zone change really knocked me around. Like, you know, because I'm definitely not used to time zone changes. And it's a three hour time zone changed from where I was going to where I was going. But even just a small one like that, you know, it really it really threw me off. I can see that. I mean, you're not used to it. I can see that I can see that bit of a change there. I mean, that's a that's dramatic. We've talked about this off and on a bunch in the last couple months, but it, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day. I was talking to Mark Rackley about it. And you know, it's the part that I the draw that wants me to go back to doing a conference is to see like the friends that we've made through work. Yeah. That's more than just like a work associate. I mean, it's, we spend a lot more time with them and I miss seeing some of these people. Yeah. I'll clarify some of these people, <laughs> but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't say which some and which not some. Definitely not. I'd like to do that, but it's like to know that it's like, oh, we got to get on a plane. You got to go to a conference. You got to do the whole conference thing. I'm like, I don't miss the conference thing. I miss seeing friends and I miss hanging out with friends and talking shop with friends in person, but I don't miss, Going to I don't miss a lot yeah. of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I miss going to conferences and like sitting in the corner and like just having it just, you know, oh God, four hours have passed and we've just been shooting the breeze with four of us. Right. Yeah. That's the serendipitous serendipity. Yeah. That was an interesting experience this week. And then next week it's going to hit 108 degrees freedom units here, which is 42 degrees in uh, metric or Celsius, I should say. And uh, which is going to be stinking, stinking hot for Seattle. And so I'm going to be focusing on trying not to melt. Very unseasonably hot for us here. So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. How about you? It's not normal that you're going to be hotter than we are here in Florida. So Yeah, unusual. Not a whole lot with me. I mean, I've wrapped up a big project last week. And so stress level is like way down. Of course, like right after you finish a big milestone with work, I have this... I don't want to say I'm busy, but I'm busy. Like I have all this stuff like going, okay, now I want to get this stuff done, but it's all like for my own business, but I have like this scatterbrained of ideas. It's like, all right, let's just write down what are the main topics 
What do we need to do? Where do they relate? Organize. Yeah. And then it's just, so next week I do this. I, it's not my idea. I, t- I picked it up from somebody else, but I do a little retreat where I just go away. Usually I like to go away, like stay in a hotel or stay at a Airbnb or something, but I don't think that's really necessary this time. So I'm just going to go out to the beach like two days next week, chair, gallon of water, a sandwich, iPad, and just stare at the ocean and work and put my phone in do not disturb mode for like eight hours a day for like two days and just be like, all right, let's plan this junk out. Yeah, that'll be great. That's I'm hoping to get done next week. It's just nice to have like this, you're going like nonstop for so long and like just burning the candle yep. one end. Yeah. And then it stops and you're like, all right, I'm still busy, but I don't know what to do because there's no like deadline on anything. So like I need to go through and kind of do a work back and gotcha. plan for the fall. Yeah, to sort of reorganize and everything. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I missed is uh, I'm building the new Lego shuttle. <gasps> That's a fun build. I had to take a break while I was away, so I'm part of the way through, but uh, very early stages, but uh, fun build so far. It is a fun build. I made. I got too excited and I raced through it. I wanted to get it done because I wanted to play with the shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> and I regret that I did that. He's like, but I, I love it. It's still up on our show. Oh, you can't see it in the video, but it's it's still, it's there. Nice, nice. Great. Fun and games. Oh, it's a bit above. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. How about we dive into the show? I think we've got some, what's, we've got you with, uh, you know, doing our what's new in Office 365, in Microsoft 365 segment. And we've got a bunch of Windows news this week as well as a little bit of Google news and uh, some other miscellaneous bits and pieces. So how about we get stuck into that? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Geomonk. Have you thought about adding contact center capabilities into your existing Microsoft Teams user base? If so, take advantage of our promo to add BuzzEasy Contact Center for Teams from Geomonk and get your first month subscription for free. It's a complete omni-channel experience that works seamlessly with Teams Voice. BuzzEasy was developed with best practices in Azure and offers a rich, easy-to-use experience. Geomonk is a Microsoft Gold partner and part of the technology adoption program, and their BuzzEasy chatbot solution for Microsoft Teams has been chosen as a preferred solution on the Microsoft App Store. See the show notes for details around our special offer. Back to the show. All right, I see. I have about eight things for the message center notification. So we're going to do this kind of rapid fire. And if anybody's interested, go check out your message center if any of these things are interesting to you. So the first one is around Microsoft Teams Classic LTI application for education learning management systems, LMS. So this is message center 262721. What this is, is that educators relating to Microsoft Teams, educators will now be able to create class teams based on enrollment on the enrollment roster of their courses with the appropriate user roles. And coming soon, Blackboard and Canvas, to Blackboard, coming soon to Blackboard and Canvas, educators and students will be able to navigate to their associated class teams directly from their LMS courses using desktop, mobile, or web apps. That's going to start happening This rollout is going to begin in mid-July and expect the rollout to be completed by late July, which is good because nobody's in school during the summer in the United States, at least. So there we go. So it'll be ready for the fall. The next one, Teams Guest Access Setting Behavior Update. Beginning in late July, Microsoft Teams is no longer going to prevent existing guest collaboration in the guest tenant when allow guest access in Teams. Setting is set to off. Seems like that was a little bit of a misunderstanding because it was like you said to off, they wouldn't be able to do that. Now it's they're no longer prevent collaboration when it's set to off. That's kind of weird. Allow guest access is setting when you have that set to off, they're no longer going to prevent people from collaborating. 
seems like when I want to turn, when I want to allow guest access turned off, I don't want people to collaborate better guests. But hey, huh. it's not my toggle, it's their toggle, and it's message center 264095. Gotcha. The confusing toggle that nobody will understand. Yeah, it very. It's the like one of the it was the the Yoda toggle. Disable access. True. Like, wait, should it be disabled or is it disabled? <laughs> fall? Okay, got it. Another <laughs> one from Microsoft Teams is around chat bubbles. Message center twenty six fifteen thirty. This new feature: chats that are sent during a Teams meeting will surface on the screen of all meeting participants, making the chat more central to the conversation. So the chat is not just segmented just to the chat panel. It's also going to show up as a little notification pop up at the top of the team at the top of the meeting so that when you're looking at everybody, you'll see when someone drops a chat message in. I see. The next one is Office Telemetry Dashboard is going to be removed from Microsoft 365 apps for enterprise starting with version 2208. Hmm. Yeah, this is going to start rolling out in, uh, this is hard to tell from this one, it says. Expect to be available, it looks like August 2022. The first version of Microsoft Apps for Enterprise without Office Telemetry Dashboard will be version 2208. That version is expected to be available first in the current channel in the second half of August 2022. So big lead time on this one. 262540 is your message center ID. All right, I'm almost there. I got halfway done. Four more. Major change to update notifications. For SharePoint, there are updates for Microsoft Teams connected team sites. With this new feature, when you create a team in Microsoft Teams, a SharePoint team site will automatically get created in tandem, and you are also able to connect to any existing SharePoint team site to a new team in Microsoft Teams. <laughs> These are called Microsoft Teams connected team sites. Yo, dog, I've got a team site for your team site. <laughs> yeah, and I put it inside of a SharePoint team site. That's right. This is Message Center 261534. Okay, gotcha. Connecting sites to Teams. Radio. Yeah. Microsoft List. Sync your list for improved performance and offline access. List Sync is currently supported in Windows devices running OneDrive Sync app. This new update, which is Message Center 251538, your list now automatically synced to your Windows devices, improving performance while you work with your list, allowing you to continue your work even when you're offline or lose your internet connection. So there's a sync with lists. Second to the last one I've got is around Microsoft Edge. There's an extension for an Outlook extension for Microsoft Edge. This is Message Center 264090. It's going to enable some Windows 10 users who are using Outlook on the web or Outlook for Windows to see a clickable recommendation to visit the browser extension page in Outlook in Edge where they can choose to install an extension. The notification will be displayed in any Windows browser and Outlook for Windows. So it looks like there'll be a little notification that shows up and says, hey, do you want to get this extension installed inside of Edge? Gotcha. My last update is Teams follows Office Preview. Microsoft is now rolling out a new Teams policy that allows users to automatically be in a public preview channel of Teams if they're in the current channel preview for the Office 365 client. Makes sense. Mm. This is Message Center 264092. So this feature will be turned on by default for all tenants that for all tenants with users in the team's current channel. So basically, if you are have opted into preview releases of Office, uh, the Office desktop clients, you will Teams is now going to respect that instead of being their own their own setting. Fair enough. That's good. Yeah. Consistency is good. Nice. Well, good grab bag of mostly, yeah, new features and changes this week. So 
in the last couple of weeks, I suppose, isn't it? Nice. I've been collecting those for a good little bit. But yeah, so that's everything that's going on with Microsoft Message, or sorry, Microsoft 365. All right. Why don't we move on and get into the news? We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by ShareGate. ShareGate's got your back. After helping thousands of customers move to Office 365, they've learned that success in the cloud involves more than just migration. That's why they've created ShareGate Apricot, an automated governance platform for Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 groups. With ShareGate Apricot, you get full visibility across each team's lifecycle, from creation all the way through to archival. You can automate manual tasks involved in identifying problem areas like inactive or orphaned teams and collaborate with team owners on corrective measures to help keep your teams tidy and secure. That's why they've combined ShareGate Desktop, their trusted migration and content management tool, with ShareGate Apricot in a single subscription so that you have everything you need to be successful in the Microsoft cloud. And now, back to the show. All right, here we go, AC. Obviously, some big news this week around Windows 11. Would you like to lead us off with one of these items? Sure. I'm curious to see, I'm curious to hear your reaction to some of this stuff. We haven't talked too much about it since we saw the a bit of the presser yesterday, but there were a few things I thought that were kind of interesting. And the, the three big ones that I kind of picked up on, there's a handful of big ones. But they were the, we, and we have a boatload of links here for people to go take a look at what they're talking about. Android apps can now be installed in Windows 11, thanks to the Amazon store. Yeah. And then the other one that I thought that was kind of interesting was they did some reorganization to the start menu, both in the placement where it's kind of centered on the screen on the in your taskbar, but it's also, they made it very clear that it's driven by, driven by the cloud and intelligence in the cloud, as well as Microsoft 365. So to me, it looks like, you know, when you go into like the Word or Excel and it says, here are the recent files you've worked with. Yeah. It's kind of like that screen plus what you've done recently in Edge is all getting bubbled up to the start menu and saying, here's where you can pick up where you just, where you left off. I'm okay with the start menu rearrangement. And here's my thinking on why. So I use... Windows 10 on my desktop PC at home, and I have been using it pretty heavily over the last year because of COVID and things. I haven't really used my Mac laptop all that much over the last year. And so I've spent a bunch more time on Windows the past 12 months. But I've noticed that I don't really use the start menu ever. There's just nothing that useful in there for me, right? All I really do is to start programs, right, is I hit the Windows key and start typing the app name. That's how I launch programs. I don't go hunting and pecking in the start menu for an app very often, like very infrequently. And I certainly don't use the Windows, sort of the ability to pin tiles and things to the start menu that's still there from, it looks like, a you know, the sort of the remnants of Windows 10, oh, sorry, Windows 8, mm-hmm. right? You know, the sort of the tile infrastructure that you can have in there. So I'm all for a start menu redesign and trying to rethink its usefulness and what it provides to people and things like that. Because in all honesty, like the current one is of zero value to me. So I'm like, I'm all up for something to try something new. It doesn't really bother me. It might bug people that want, you know, that go launch their programs by sort of hunting through the menu for the program, you know, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. It looks less busy. 
I'm not, I don't use windows or I use it as, as li- I'm mostly a Mac person. I do use windows a little bit, but I use it as only because like there's an app that I absolutely have to use that is only available on windows. And I find that I spend well with, with Mac OS, it's ex- I have the exact same experience that you have, which is it's always command space and then start typing. And so much so that I have an extension that I've, that I purchased that I have on my machine called um, Alfred that it's also using the constant indexing that we have on Mac OS. I know Windows has it as well, but I can start typing in like the name of a spreadsheet and it's like, oh, I know that you're going to use Excel for this. So I'll go ahead and launch Excel with the spreadsheet in it. Or I can say, go ahead and type in Excel. And then it's like, here's all the spreadsheets that you've recently worked with in Excel and I can hit it from there. That's similar experience. Like I know what I'm looking for. I know what I use. It's very, very rare. Like I'd say one out of every 40 or 50 times that I want to launch an app that I don't remember what the name of the app is. And I'm going through a list of like, what app is it? What app is it? And just kind of scrolling. Down. Can't remember what it was called. Yeah. It is so, I was going to say one out of 10 times, but it might be, it might even be one out of every 100 times, like 1% of the time. Yeah. I have to go hunt and pe- hunt and find something. But I guess on Mac yeah, OS, I, mean, I, I was used to clicking, was it like command space or whatever it is to mm-hmm. bring up search and just type the name of the app. Similar on Windows. I just hit Windows, the Windows key, and then start typing. Yeah. yeah. The gist that I got from looking at all this stuff, there's a couple other things that they did with Windows 11, but the gist that I got from it, and I'm not I'm not saying this to be, I don't like Windows, but I'm not, I'm not saying this to be negative against Windows, but it's, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that I saw, I guess is the same way that like Android or Galaxy phone users say this whenever Apple has an, I, an iPhone event. I looked at a lot of the stuff that they were showing and I was like, it looks like the guys that designed Windows 11 were forced to use a Mac or use an iPad for about a month and a half or so and then say, all right, now we're going to go work on Windows 11 because there's so much of that stuff that was just like, that's how it is on a on an iPad. Yeah. That's the multitasking ability that we have on an iPad or that's the multitask or that's what we have on, on Mac OS. I mean, there's so much of it that just look like Mac OS and Mac to me. I was like, oh, Windows, the Mac version. So yeah, definitely from a look and feel perspective, I totally agree with that. Like I, I think that They've done a UI, sort of a user, user interface refresh. You know, we're back to curved corners. We're back to sort of the arrow Windows Vista days of like, was it arrow? Is that what they called the sort of the glassy UI experience? Was it Windows arrow? Something like that. I think so. Something like that. And it's sort of, you know, the transparency is back in, in vogue again and all that. And, you know, the thing with the flyout with the widgets and all that, that is definitely very... Mac OS and, and iOS inspired, I think. But in all honesty, like I've never really used widgets on any OS, right? Like I don't use them on iOS. I don't use them on, you know, in the past when we had like, what was it called? Active Desktop or something in Windows? What was the. Oh, yeah. Was it Active Desktop? No, I can't remember what it was called now. It was something like that. I remember what you're talking about. But Windows has had widgets on the desktop before and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I've never really been a big widgets user, so that bit didn't really float my boat. But um, I'm up for a UI refresh. Everybody loves that. The bit that I think is more interesting is what they're removing from Windows. I'm all for this. This seems like sort of a. The house cleaning type stuff. Before you go there, what, that's you were talking about the widgets thing. What was funny is the way that they showed that video. That's like exactly like the iPad experience. Yeah. So like you you have the widgets going down the left hand side that that are on that home screen approach. And I do use those for for um, stocks news, next upcoming meeting, or for like a huh. uh, package deliveries and stuff. I use it for that stuff. But 
I'm with you. I mean, I, I love the idea of widgets. I, when I first sold them for iOS and, and Mac OS or iPad OS, I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to be able to put this on my phone. But they're a pain in the butt to set up. And then you got to like, it takes those time to like, I feel like I have to like set up like an hour or two or two, or like half a day of my time of let me go configure my phone the way I want it. Yeah. And it's, I've never it, done that. It just, yeah. I, yeah, it just, it just seems tedious. So I do the same thing in a, with my phone, where I just I swipe down and like start typing. What do I want? Sorry about the noise in the background. If you can hear that, oh, it's okay. We work from home. We all get it. Yeah, somebody's using a blender probably or vacuuming. I think that's something that's going on. It's like they suddenly decided to blend some ice or something. Anyway, <laughs> you were saying that we we're removing stuff. Yeah, so there's actually quite a lot of stuff that's being removed from Windows 10 and deprecated and removed in Windows 11, and we've got a link to a Paul Thorot post about that. But things like I'll just rattle them off in quick succession. 3D Viewer, Cortana, Desktop Wallpaper Roaming, Internet Explorer, that's kind of a biggie. Lock Screen, Quick Status, goodness knows what that is. Math Input Panel and Math Recognizer, News and Interests, OneNote for Windows 10, there's another big one. Paint 3D, meh, nobody's going to miss that. <laughs> S Mode, I think that's the home stuff. That's the one that... Re- that is demands you can only get apps from the Windows oh, Store. Yeah. You can't get apps from any. A friend of mine just texted me about that the other day. He's like, "How do I kill this S mode?" I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. Well, so it'll, apparently here it will only be available in Windows 11 Home Edition going forward. Mm. The snipping tool, Start Menu. I guess the original Start Menu. They're replacing it. Tablet mode, Taskbar. The new Taskbar does not offer like My People and all that sort of stuff that used to be there. Timeline. It's dead, Jim. Remember there was a big hoopla about timeline, about seeing stuff that you'd done across, you know, like Office and Windows and all that sort of stuff? Dead, Jim. Touch keyboard, wallet. God, I didn't even know that existed. There's a bunch of things. A lot of these have been moved out of the OS and into the store. So like OneNote for Windows 10, Paint 3D, all that bloat that you can go get from the store if you want to re-bloat yourself. 3D viewer, get from the store, bunch of stuff, news and interests, things like that. You know, when we were talking about two, three weeks ago, we were saying how we had that news article that they were trying to make a smaller, slimmed down version of Windows, and then they gave up on it and said they're just going to roll some of these things into Windows 11? Windows X, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the, if that's what some of this is, like going, ah, instead of all this preloaded stuff, we're going to make it smaller by just taking it out. And you can put it back if you want, but it's all going to be in the App Store. Yeah, for sure. Definitely trying to trim things up and give it a bit of a, a diet, so to speak. So yeah, there's a bunch being removed, whether you miss it or not. I don't know. I, I sort of feel like we're in the age of the OS getting out of the way, and um, it was long overdue. You know, it's funny you say that, because that's what, it, that's what made me really start to like macOS, because it doesn't, the thing that I love about macOS is that it's, it doesn't do hardly anything. Yeah. Like when you go, when it, and when I see it, it makes things work, but it's not loaded with all of these features. I mean, I need a file explorer. That's it. I need a way to launch my apps. And I do like the, and I need a way to do with things like sound, Wi-Fi, networking, et cetera, Bluetooth. Yeah. But other than that, give me notifications and then let me go get an app to do anything else. I don't want. You get a lot of that stuff in macOS though, right? You get mail and calendar and contacts and all that is preloaded with macOS. You do. You do. But that's the thing is that like you can use all that stuff, but it wasn't like, like with Windows, it always felt like it was trying to do adding so much more stuff Mm. out of the box. 
and do more things to you. Trying to make you use it as well. Yeah, and one of the things that drives me nuts, it was one of our message updates a minute ago, it's like one of the things that drives me nuts about like what Windows does and Office does it as well, is it's like it cross-advertises all the stuff that it does to try and make people aware to drive adoption of certain things. Instead of just putting it out there and letting people kind of find stuff, yeah. they kind of push things. Like, so I'm, I, pull, I open up a Windows machine to go run a swim meet last weekend, and they start getting these notifications going, do you want to see how to do this? I'm like, no, I'm working. Do you want to see how to do this? No, I don't. Yeah, just get out of my way kind of thing. So I guess the big stuff in Windows, though, the big announcements were start menu, the new look and feel, being able to run Android apps on Windows 11 from the App Store, right? So they've done a deal with Amazon to go and surface the Amazon Android App Store in the Windows App Store. So now you can go get, you know, Flappy Birds and and Among Us and all of that sort of stuff from App Store and get Android apps. I yet to sort of make a ruling on that from my own mind on how I feel about that. Removal of a bunch of things that we just spoke about. And Teams integration is another big one. So this one I'm really mixed on. They want to make a better Teams experience with Windows, and so they're, they're connecting the two. I don't know how the EU are going to feel about this, about bundling Teams and Windows together. We'll see what happens here, whether there's any legal shenanigans that go on about this, but... Um, We'll see. Someone mentioned, the same question came up in the little group that I'm in, and someone mentioned they're going to get around this because that's not Teams that they did. In fact, it's a totally different icon, and it's all about Teams Home. It's not about the Teams, like Microsoft Teams. It's about the Teams personal experience. Yeah, tell it to the judge. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, go talk to anybody. Go talk to anybody who's not in, like, the Microsoft ecosystem or the Office ecosystem, and tell them that you're going to go use Teams and say, no, well, there's one for work and then there's Teams personal. And like, what's Teams? Yeah, this, the same, con- for the exact same confusion stuff that we had with, oh, I forget what the other one is, but. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're trying to push it as a replacement for Skype. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the Windows 11 announcements this week. There's a leaked build online, apparently. There's people doing some reviews based on the leaked build. I guess we'll see. It'd be interesting to see what hardware Microsoft map to this as part of the launch will I'm not sure if that's coming, but I'm happy about it. I'm happy to see them. It seems very like incremental progress to me, not like a revolutionary big new bang. So, but uh, but that said, you know, I'm a happy Windows user at home. So I'm happy to see them continuing investing in Windows. Agreed. It's nice to see them do it. I'd be curious to see where where it goes. So yeah, and what changes from when they do it? Did they announce any kind of a date? I missed that part of it. Oh, you know, I totally didn't pick up on that. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm sure they probably did. They probably did. I just didn't pick it up, pick up on it. But hey, one other thing before we move on, Google are building a new cable between the US and Argentina. More data's between their centers. Ooh. I just I think it's interesting because, you know, we sort of forget about all the infrastructure about that enables cloud computing and we all think it's just sort of this magical internet thing, but the big players like Google and Microsoft invest a lot in their own cable infrastructure and fiber infrastructure around the world. And so, um, yeah, I know we've spoken about it on the show a few times, but uh, yeah, they're building a big new cable between the east coast of the US and Argentina in a couple of spots. So, um, yeah, more investment. The cable's going from the east coast of the US to Argentina? That's correct. Argentina's on the east coast. 
as well. Oh, okay. Sorry, I totally screwed. You might be thinking of chili. Well, I'm thinking about it, which is on the whisk. I just have my, I have the side of the sides of my uh, South of South America getting mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina's just gonna be quiet right now. They're not running the cable through the Panama Canal, so (laughs) that's what I was thinking. I'm just like. Am I missing something? Which I am because it's clear. But you know what? Hey, I'm going to redeem myself right now. Windows 11 is coming out at the end of 2021. It's going to start rolling out to, <laughs> to uh, eligible Windows 10 PCs in the holiday season of 2021 and throughout 2022. So I'm just going to divert, you know, pull a politician, divert and talk about something I do know about. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well played. <laughs> well played. All right. How about we take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about our picks. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. Back to the show. Okay, what do you got for us this week, AC? Ah, I love watching the United States blowing up aircraft carriers. Woo-hoo. Okay, it's not really what they did, but they did a video and showed a bunch of pictures of doing shock trials of the latest USS Gerald Ford, the new aircraft carrier that is going through sea trials and all that stuff right now for the United States. And there's a bunch of videos of explosions going off in the water, some relatively close, some absolutely massive, a little bit farther away, and making sure that the ship is ship shape <laughs> to be able to sustain yep. those. So it's an interesting video to watch just to I mean, you know, guys and just people blowing up stuff next to a big toy. I, it's kind of cool. I mean, we yeah. always did that when we were little kids in the bathtub and a little ship and we were going to the bathtub. It's like, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of cool how they, you know, it's shock tests and it's like, well, you don't want to damage your new baby. So they can't do it too close, I suppose. But I guess they just want to make sure it's, you know, it behaves as, as they expect when, uh, when, I don't know, a bomb goes off next next to it or something. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Cool video footage of that. I saw that news, but um, I hadn't um, hadn't seen the footage. That's pretty awesome. I wonder if yeah. the people on board obviously have to take shelter somewhere and things. Like the explosion's pretty big and it's quite close. You can tell that like the aircraft carrier, it's minimal right now in case there's an issue. And I saw like two helicopters on the flight deck. I'm like going, ah, so that's to get the hell out of here if there's an issue. But I'm seriously doubting there's much other stuff that's in there. Like there's a, you know, everything else is done, but yeah. they didn't have a whole flight wing in there. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Be interesting to find out what they test, you know, what they look for in the shock tests. I have to re- do some more reading. Mm-hmm. Nice one. All right. My pick. How about you? What you got for My us? pick this week is Russia and China have announced that they are going to do a lunar research station on the moon. Well, mm. lunar. Yeah, the moon. The link is to this guy. It's a YouTube channel called The Launchpad. But if you fast forward through the video, you can see the video of what China and uh, and Russia have um, have provided with a very strange voiceover. It's the weirdest voiceover I've heard in a long time. They talk <laughs> about what components they want to put on the moon and all this sort of stuff. And they're talking about you know doing it through like 2034 or 2035, something like that. So, you know, it's going to take a while to get there. But hey, I'm all for a I'm all for a lunar race, like pushing the path to the moon forward and to Mars forward and stuff. There's always it's always good to have a little bit of intercontinental competition going on and uh, multiple continents, I suppose. No, yeah, okay, intercontinental. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch play out. It totally will be it. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully, it'll like light a fire that we can get the United States going on doing stuff again, but exactly the whole China-Russia cooperation thing, it makes me a little uneasy, which I'm sure it's making some senators 
we're a little uneasy. So they're gonna be like, Hey, why don't we, I know you got a base, but ours is going to be bigger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, the interesting part about this is, you know, China has a history of being able to, oh, this is going to sound terrible. China has a history of being able to execute. And what I mean by that is like, not in the literal sense of execution, but I mean like, what do I mean? I say, what do I actually mean? What is, what's the word other than execute? China has a history of being able to deliver. Correct. Being able to deliver. And they're doing quite well with their space program. And so, but Russia has not been doing all that much with their space program for the last few decades. So coming together, although Russia has a lot of the know-how as well, they have a lot of, you know, they're no chumps when it comes to rocketry and space. So yeah, getting into bed with each other could help them, I guess. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to watch. Interesting to watch. Certainly. All right. Thanks for another great week, AC. If you don't hear from me next week, send a air conditioning unit as I will have melted into the floor. <laughs> I won't be sending you one of mine because we need those here, but I will make sure I take care of you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, man. Catch you soon. All right. Take care. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in your favorite podcast app. It helps people find out about our show and grow our audience, and we'd really appreciate it. If you have a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com forward slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or MP3 and provide us a link so we can play it on the show. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up for our mailing list by heading over to microsoftcloudshow.com, where you'll get notices of each episode, as well as the show notes sent to you directly each week. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening.